0: What's up y'all this is rvs this is r-o-d aka rated r and we are the we coming for you cast and we talk about pro wrestling from a black dude's perspective Tell them what they can expect on this here podcast oh we gonna give you all the raw and dirty and the everything black from AEW, WWE, impact wrestling and any other wrestling in between if you want to wrestling unfiltered uncensored and you want it raw
1: you need to subscribe to the we come for you cast right here on solc network all right, man. Welcome back in another episode of the Sports Scenario, man. I'm excited about this one, man, as usual. It's your boy, Matt, man. We got Daryl over here again. Daryl's going to be running the uh, the, the, the pseudo-Molly Curum today uh, the seat over there. But, the gonna be Love, But, man, I'm excited, man. We've been, we've been talking about this for a little while. I bumped into this brother a uh, uh, couple of months back, man, oh, uh, just parlaying a little bit, man. We rapped a little bit, got to know each other, man. But excited to have my man's Brandon Williams joining us here today, man. He's going to talk about a whole lot of different things and just give us the outlook, man. And we, you know what I'm saying? We're going to try to make this be a thing. We're going to try to do this for y'all more often, man. So, B, what's the word, man?
2: Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Finally getting to hop on with you, brothers. I've been looking at the content, just a, a vast array of content. I'm excited <laughs> about
0: it. I like it. No, so honestly, like, I, I don't do know, B, I know about some, some of my content, be out there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, it's just a vast array of content out there, very diverse yes, community man. of content. I feel it all, I appreciate yeah. it, you know, oh, so I'm, I'm excited to be here, man, and I, let's just do what we
1: do, man. Yeah, man, we got, hey, man, hey, we got that, we got a vast array, it's a vast array of something sometimes, but it, it's a vast array. We coming
0: for you, podcast, man, Who, who's our flag bearer?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 and, and by the way, man, before we get into it, as always, man, check out everything we got going on here at SOLC, man, we got... We coming fuse going to be coming with the Royal Rumble recap, man. Me and, me and RVS and Rated R, we was out there on Saturday. That was a whole situation seeing that live. St. Louis really showed up. I it didn't see that. y'all
0: with um, no gas mask suits on on the Instagram, man. Y'all ain't have
1: no suits on. No, nah, man, I, I, I wasn't. There was some cats that was dressed up, though. we will talk about that. I'm going to talk about that on the show. I saw some stuff, man. I saw, like, three macho mans. It was crazy, but. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? What, what else we got dropping this week, man? I know you always got Mike Checker. This podcast, <laughs> yeah. Off.
0: Well, well, yeah, we got uh, uh, I only listen to nice music. We're doing a review of Janet Jackson documentary. Uh, you, as anybody knows, my disdain for Jermaine Jackson, you want to tune in for that. Uh, because Jermaine was not to be found <laughs> in this documentary, and you know, I am happy. And we said a Randy sighting
1: because <laughs> Randy oh, ain't been yo- around
0: since Jermaine took his wife.
1: <laughs> it's, it, 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 you're not doing the, the right. Jackson, this Jackson uh, but you also got the uh, Super Bowl halftime show uh, episode that just yep, hit just dropped, the songs yep. that people not gonna hear during the Super Bowl halftime show which is probably for the better but uh, but yo speaking of which man before we jump into stuff man I was looking at the different worlds we got in sports today right so first of all the promo that the, that the league dropped for the halftime show was just off the chain that's one of the best commercials promo pieces I've seen for anything I was like no matter what the game is this is gonna be live, but I'm sitting there on Instagram, you know how it is, you can fall down a rabbit hole on that thing just looking at random stuff. And I see the NHL All-Star game is coming up. <laughs> and they got Machine Gun Kelly. And I just go to read the comments, and everybody's like, oh, I'll make sure to have plans at halftime or like something crazy like that. Like, how we go from how we go from that to that? What, what what's up?
2: Now, you know, now, you know, the NHL is about to file bankruptcy. (laughs) And they had to go go find whoever was willing to take the show. Okay. They losing money because of COVID franchise is about to fold. They like contemplating bankruptcy. They are using any assets they can find to barter with Machine Gun Kelly to say, Hey man, can you please hop over here and just do, just do some songs. I don't know what songs Machine Gun Kelly has, but apparently <laughs>
1: hey, he has. I'm some tell you. Songs. They say, "Man, what you want? You want a squad? Because like we got one that's about to be available. <laughs> <laughs> it's, about like, it's about Phoenix. It's my Phoenix. You want Phoenix or like Edmonton or something? Like what you want? Like Winnipeg? Like
2: right? They over there, there giving away franchise licenses to Machine Gun Kelly. Please,
0: the NHL should in have known it was over when they left Atlanta, because that, that's I mean you, that's the most one, one of those popular cities."
1: The and NHL they had the most have known black players than too. to go to Atlanta in the first place, though. And they no business being in Atlanta. No, they had the, the most it.
0: black players too. They had like 12 black dudes in their team. And them dudes sign up to be in Atlanta and not go to Winnipeg. I
1: yeah. know that. Let me tell you something else. Them 12 brothers still down there in Atlanta, too. They ain't go with <laughs> they with Winnipeg, they still <laughs> down there. They found a new way of living. They playing <laughs> they like
0: soccer
1: now. Yo. <laughs> They, Atlanta, Atlanta being a soccer mecca is like legit one of the things I look at. I'm just like anything's possible, like KG level. Anything's possible. <laughs> Full arm extension. Like they say, they, they say we got a sold out soccer game, man. The, the soccer is drawing more than the Falcons in Atlanta at the I'm Mercedes like, Benz Dome. Yeah. So like the Falcons are like the the third or fourth show in town down there, which is wild. So because the, the Hawks is coming United.
0: up too, it's like the Braves then United. Is it the Hawks then? Then yeah. the Falcons.
1: I mean, yeah, it might be, man. The Falcons have let you down, though, man. I, I understand where Atlanta at with that, man. Because, you know, you think about a hard team to follow, the, the Atlanta Falcons. Man, you had Michael Vick. You had sensational, this exciting team down there. You, you snuck in the Super Bowl back in the day before that with Chris Chandler, crazy-ass turnout that year. And now you got Matt Ryan for the last 45 well, years. They're cursed, down, though, man. The well, didn't,
0: didn't the man of the year end up getting called with a prostitute the night before the Super Bowl? That would be accurate. Yes, yes,
2: <laughs> yes that happened, <laughs> and that doomed their Super Bowl chances right off the gate. It was like, come hey, on, they, man.
0: Hey, you they finally, knew
2: they was going to win. Finally, get there. You finally get there, bro. You could have did that in Atlanta. <laughs> Why did you come out here doing it? Where was that? They, was they? Where were they at? Where
0: were
1: they at? It and, was in San Cali? Diego.
0: That it sounded like it feel like a San Diego or something. Wait, the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, yeah that where year. was that Super Bowl at? Uh, that was the uh, that, oh god, where was that one at? Was that Minnesota? No, no,
2: no, it was definitely on the coast, it definitely was in either LA or San Diego. All right, we got, we got, we got
1: I'm, a- Miami. A-
2: My, a- it was Miami. It was it Miami?
1: I think if it was people, Miami. I mean, you got a 50, but you got a probably about 40 chance of getting right if you say the Super Bowl in Miami, Miami or Miami. New Orleans.
2: It was Miami, yep, that's what I'm saying. Miami, New Orleans, or or L.A. San Diego. It, it's no. It, it, why it's did temple. you come down to Miami to do that? So you could have did I, that when you so, got back
1: home. <laughs> so this conversation right here, I'm putting a pin on this, but we're gonna come back another episode and do this because <laughs> B, I want for you to weigh in on our city rankings. We did a every all 32 teams in the league. We did a tournament <laughs> on the on the best and the worst cities to be there in draft order, and we took it all the way through the playoffs, got all the way down to the finals. I, but I need your your takeaway, your your experience as well.
0: Well we had the black, it was the blackest cities.
1: Yes, the blackest okay. cities. So, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, the winner was the Detroit Lions.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I think it was Detroit versus Houston in the Super Bowl, yeah. I think. But uh, we're gonna see, man. we if get Further it back, lets me know. <laughs> <laughs> But man, let's jump into it, man. So, yo, like again, brother, I'm I'm excited, man, to have you on board, have you here contributing on the network, man? You know, we got a lot of dope people, man. But I think your perspective is gonna be one that's gonna add a lot to the conversation that we do here in the program. Um, D, tell folks, I know folks are gonna have feedback for this, man. Before we hop in this, tell folks about how they can connect with us and where, where to get them questions into us. At. Yeah, and, uh, make sure you email us, us
0: S-O-L-C network at gmail.com or sports scenario. At gmail.com to check out uh, to email Matt any questions about sports scenarios. So, all right,
1: man, absolutely, man. So, look, man, I mean, you got a you got a you got a life story in the in the game in the game of football, man. and, Like how that's gone through, man. Kind of, you know, walk us through, man. I mean, we can go up we can go up to college. We can start in high school, man. Like how did the game first connect with you, bro? And like, you know, what I'm saying, got off the ground with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I started playing when I was six years old. Matthews Dickey. Shout um, out, my mom, you know, my mama just dropped me off up there <laughs> and said, go do something, right? You know, so it started off at the summer camp. So I started off going to Matthew Dickey summer camp. Then it was like, oh, you're gonna play football. So then I started playing football, playing football, you know, up in Matthew Dickey, man. We we only lost one game in six, six and a half, six and a half, seven years, man. So one game when we was 13, and then after you know, then we remember to who it was?
0: Do you remember who it was?
2: We played a team in Sar- Tino's from Sarasota, Florida. Okay, <laughs> and they were not thirteen years old. <laughs> these dudes had mustaches and beards, and they were huge, like for real, <laughs> yeah. like real big. And we was like, "Yo, who is these dudes we playing?" And we lost six to seven. We lost oh, six cool. to seven. I mean, it was a close game all the way to the end. And we went, and I ain't gonna say this person's name, but he, this guy on the D line, basically. We were, they were on the two-yard line. He did an OLE and opened this big old hole and let them just walk right in. And it was a fourth down play. They scored oh. a touchdown. We was winning six to nothing the whole game. They scored and and then they kicked a field goal because they were actually in high school. We wasn't <laughs> kicking field goals at that time. So we tried, you know, we tried to do a, a two point. We we didn't get it. We had six. They kicked a field goal. They got seven. So <clears throat> so they were like Bishop Sycamore, that team out of Ohio, but but they were actually. good decent. <laughs> these dudes was huge, bro? I mean, and I was playing I was playing running back and safety, man. I had to fill the alley on this dude who was probably like 5'9", 150 pounds at 13. Nah. And I was like 5'6", 122 pounds, <laughs> trying coming downhill, filling alleys, just losing my life. Every time I had to hit this guy. So start off at Normandy High School, go to Hazelwood East. Oh, you started at um, Normandy? I started at Normandy. My, so my uncles were actually the offensive and defensive coordinators at Normandy my freshman year. They had just came from college. They were in college coaching. They had a, a, a break. of They had a two-year break, uh, a year and a half break. And they came back home, coached in high school for a year and a half, then left again. So when they came home to coach in high school, I was originally going to go to Riverview. (laughs) It's crazy. So I was originally going to Riverview in 98 because that's where they had started off uh, coaching when they first came back. Then they jumped over to Normandy because it was like coordinator position. So they was like, ah, we're going to just run our show. But that's the same year that Riverview won uh, State. So you've been on there with Damian
0: Nash and Christian Morton, though?
2: I was on there with Damian, Christian Nash, Poppy, uh, Willie Fields, Jamal Clark, all these guys. Cliff and Kenji, the big boys on the D line, mm-hmm. uh Rico mm-hmm. Armstrong. I was out there with all those guys in the in I was doing two days. I had equipment. I had well, so you got I that far. Oh, sure, I was in two days with Riverview freshman year. Then we left and hopped over to Normandy and went to Normandy, man. And so I played there for two football seasons, transferred in the middle of sophomore year though. Came to East. So you there were Lawrence? I was there when Lawrence was a freshman. I was a sophomore. So I remember him went from his eighth grade and freshman year, um, and so came to East Man, and and we just that we only lost two games in two years. Unfortunately, it was a playoff in the state game. Uh, so left left there, went to Wisconsin, man. Uh, Wisconsin at that time we was just putting a lot of guys from St. Louis into into the Wisconsin pipeline. Had a great history from St. Louis. Coach Kevin Cosgrove was the was their guy recruiting. He was a defensive coordinator. Uh Great guy. Had a great time up there at Wisconsin. Got drafted in 2006, 84th pick overall. It was a great great opportunity. Man, went out to San Francisco. Uh, I don't I don't think at the time they didn't really know what they wanted to do with me, right? I you know they picked me as the the next. You know how when you're picking. Who's ever who's the next best guy on the board? Who's the best guy on our board? <laughs> they just not picked, they, they, it's not a it wasn't a need. It was just the pick It wasn't the need. a need. It was like, who's the next guy that's the best guy on our board? And so they kind of put me in a in an awkward position where it was like, all right, you're gonna do punt return, kick return, but you're probably not gonna play receiver because we're not looking for smaller receivers. North Turner was my offensive coordinator, so you know he won't big six, three, you know, 220-pound dudes running digs getting in in posts. You know, so that I really wasn't his cup of tea, and so left there. Went to the Rams. I was I was starting with the Rams at, at kickoff return. So Dante Hall, if y'all remember, Dante Hall was playing for the Rams. Absolutely. He had a good. He was on the back end of his career. He was in year ten. He had a decent year that that year. Uh, ten gets hurt. They bring me in, and I take over his spot. I do about four or five. I do about five hundred yards kickoff return in those maybe 12 games. Uh, And so Coach Linehan at the time knew my offensive coordinator from college. Offensive coordinator from college was actually a coach there. Coach Lenny brought me in and said, hey, you're going to be our returner. You're going to come back next year. Well, what happened was in the offseason, Al McGinnis came to offensive coordinator. If you know who he is, he was offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs who had Dante Hall, who had uh, Eddie Kinnison? who had all these brothers, right? Trent Green, they was just tearing it up. But well, when he came back in in the offseason, he said, no, 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 no. I want to bring Dante Hall back. I said, are you – what? Why are you oh, bringing oh, him back? He's old. Like, he's got he, – Dante was so cool, man. He, he, he was like, man, I don't even know why they bringing me back. I'm just going to go get this check, you know, <laughs> cash in 11 years, go get that pension. And I'm like, yo, this – so I was already at a at a bad position with that situation because you know coaches get their guy, they want their guy. And this is how I knew it was bad. We end up we in the uh <laughs> we played the Tennessee Titans, right? Uh Henry Eller is our receiver coach. Love Henry to death, great guy. And uh I didn't get in, I got in a couple kick returns, but he he didn't put me in a receiver. And I'm like, yo, what's up, Coach L? You know, what I'm like. I've been killing it all week. Like, what's good? He's just like, B, I'm sorry, man, but I can't put you in the game. I'm like, I'm like, what? Why you can't? And and it's just on the sideline. He's like, Ah, B, it ain't happening. You ain't getting in. I'm like, This is weird. Whatever. We playing against the Titans. So the next next day in the film room, though, they they threw Dante Hall like two like quick bubble screens, and so we used these plays. He got like six, seven yards on the play, right? Al McGinnis is going through the the, uh, the plays and highlights. And like, this is how you run a bubble screen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a, this is how you run a bubble screen. This is perfect tape for how you run a bubble screen. You catch it, you get up field. I'm like, dog, anybody in this room could run <laughs> a that, bubble screen. That. Like, what are you talking? So that's when I knew. I was like, oh, the fix is in. They, they really He's going to keep Dante. Me and Dante are very similar in what we do. And and at that point, I had kind of checked out of camp. I was like, man, whatever. I just stopped really caring at that point. It was like the last five days of camp. You know, it's like the dog days. Everybody already tired. The starters ain't doing nothing. You got to do everything if you ain't no starter. So I'm just like, man, screw this. And then y'all ain't even putting me in the game. Like, man, cut it out. So
1: Last year, trying to put you on the glorified practice squad with that type of treatment—that ain't—that ain't the way.
2: The problem was, I didn't have practice squad eligibility because right, I had right. played thirteen games my rookie year, and at that time, and th- that brings up a great point, man. Because <laughs> you see, last year, if you're if you're watching the game, Adrian Peterson was on the practice squad. How did? Because they changed the rules, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. All It's a rule change, basically. Long story short, they changed the rule. But this man, who's a future Hall of Famer, <laughs> got to stay in the league for another – get another game check and play four or five more games because on the practice squad. Like, too, I would still be playing right now if I could have been on the practice squad for every year. So – I think when, when I, you get 10,000 yards, you should immediately have should your practice not, squad. Yeah, right. It's, it's like, bad. you should yeah, not be know. able – Like, this is ridiculous. Like, how is this happening? And I talk and I talk to say this and bring this up with other guys who played in the league with me. And they all we all lose our mind. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, how dare they? So uh, after that, I went to Pittsburgh, played with Pittsburgh. I was in Pittsburgh through camp, end up tearing my uh, oblique. And after that, I was done.
1: That's um, That's, um, that's one of the worst injuries out there, period. Ever. I, had, I did a minor oblique once uh, in a much in a much less uh, high-profile this, this is how you I tore my oblique, though. You can't move. Look, this is how I tore my oblique.
2: I've never been on any special teams but kick and punt return. I've never been a gunner. I've never been a guy trying to block a punt. Never been a terminator, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're in practice. We're doing a drill to block punts on a soccer ball. I, I'm in the drill. I, I go in. I'm doing the drill. I'm running around, and I'm getting ready to block the ball. I go, Matt, you already know. I went just like this. And my whole left side said, mm. And I immediately went to the ground like, yo, I can't breathe. Why? You I just like tried to block the soccer ball. And I yeah, I literally cannot breathe. I'm like, what is this? And I couldn't, like, my arm was stuck to my side, and I couldn't, like, get back up without – Limping and it was the worst pain i ever felt in my life man i, I couldn't i couldn't sneeze laugh cough blow my nose i couldn't do nothing for like 2 weeks
1: i and did it i, I did leave. mine i thought i did a side strain like i just did like you know he had a muscle that picked up when i tried to sit up in bed and i couldn't sit up in bed because you just don't realize how much that the when core, talk about that core everything the core mattered no, that's a tough yeah. man. That's a tough way to. That's a tough way for that to go though, because you know it's like you know, I mean, you got love for the game, man, and you're out there doing your thing. But when you got to get in a position where they say, "All right, you got to go do something completely new," at the highest level of football there is, you already kind of like, yeah. "Yo, hold up, like, how's that work?"
2: So when I got hurt though, so me and two other guys came in together. One of the guys I can't remember, but the other guy was this guy named Stefan Logan. If you remember Stefan Long, he was a returner and a running back. Played mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh, then he went to Detroit. Had, he ended up having a pretty solid career because he was a running back in Canada. So it was me and him essentially competing. I that that week I t- 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 turned my stuff up. He runs a punt back for a touchdown in the first in the first or second game of the preseason, and it was a wrap. And Coach t- Mike T was like, "Yo." I, it was, and I was like, but but y'all didn't give me a chance to do it because I, you know, I was injured. I missed so many days and trying to get back in the flow. And Mike T was like, "Yo, he just
1: he just ate off your plate, bro. Mm. He ate that's, off your plate."
2: Bro. And you know, I was man, like, it, "What?"
1: And, and and that's the hard part about the NFL, man. Because I mean, you know, everybody always say what it stand for, you know, not for long. And it's and and that's the tough thing about it is, man, is that you got so much competition, so few roster spots, even with the changes they've made in the in the league now. And it seems like it's a little bit easier to, you know, kind of get on, get at least get a shot because they got, you know, the IL, the IL uh, changes and things like that. It just gets more people on a yeah. roster at a time. But, you know. It could be one moment, you know what I'm saying? That changes up the entire thing. I think going back to what you were saying about the draft, you know, it's like when you look at that third round, you're you're in that top 100, you know what I'm saying? People are really looking for guys in that range right there that they're going to wait to make a difference. But when you don't get with that, you got to – I think the point you make about Dante Hall is a great one. Obviously, Dante Hall is one of the great return men in league history, but he got with a guy and he had a sponsor going through the league. And that's why you see some guys stick around for as long as they do, because they got a guy that they moving with. And I think you see that a lot in coaching, but you definitely see it with, with guys that are on the field too. Oh,
2: 100%. My, so my receiver coach my rookie year was one of the best guys in the business, Jerry Sullivan. He coached a lot of guys, Sean Jefferson Anquan Bolden, Bolden, uh, a, a slew of guys. My rookie year though, it was this guy – And I'm not going to say his name, but it was a guy who he had coached in Miami. And he got to come to San Francisco. uh, And he stayed on the roster for probably about three or four years. But that was his guy. He was a solid receiver. But in most scenarios, he would probably have gotten cut. because, Because he was an older guy who was just okay. He wasn't an impact player. And he was mm-hmm. in year like six or seven. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh, really, Brandon? <clears throat> right you you should
0: have got some stuff on people, man. That's what you needed to do. <laughs> I'm telling you, these I, I swore some of these players they got some on somebody' wife, they
1: daughter, something. something. Bro. <laughs> because ain't no, ain't no way, bro.
0: That's why I'm like, yo, is no he still way. here?
1: So, man, so, yeah, so, 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 after, you know, after that happens and things get moved up there, man, you know what I'm saying? I think that one of the good things about it is if you do build those relationships, you know, you show up well, you know, folks, you know, you can still have a way in the game and still be around it and have some different things. So, you get to that point, you work, you you work the time to get to the league. You have a longer time in the league than a lot of people did, have a lot of time out there doing it There's a lot of folks come up with that first camp and that's it. They're going back to the house, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But, you had that time out there. How do you how do you get on your feet when you get done with that and say, "I, right, you know, what's next? What am I gonna do at this point after that?"
2: That's it's tough, man. Everybody's process is a little different, um, but I'll say this: it takes four to five years, mm. period. Mm. It takes four to five years mentally, emotionally, and then because if you think about it, that four years I was in college was dedicated to football. It wasn't dedicated to life. So you need that you need to essentially recreate and relive that four and a half years. You sound like you're getting out of prison. Like you need four to you, five
0: years to you know, you need you,
2: like, <laughs> to, to, you know, to reacclimate yourself to real living, right? And how life really is supposed to be or could be. And so a person, you just think about it, a person who played in the league, but you know, they was a mid-level guy. They lead a league with, let's say you lead a league with 50000 dollars but it's a person who, out of college, went and worked at uh, Microsoft. And they may have started at the low level, but four years in the game, they making six figures. Mm-hmm. You're not making anything. Mm-hmm. You're making zero. <laughs> you just got this money in the bank. They may have a little money in the bank, but they making good money, right? So that is a hard reality and a hard pill to swallow when, when you think about it, right? And so it ain't just no... And I didn't have my degree at the time either. So that made it a lot harder. But so I had to go through this process of getting my degree, understanding that the degree is valuable and very important. Uh, and then what pathway did I want to take? Because I had an opportunity. See, you talk about moments in the game. I had an opportunity to go and be on the staff at Pittsburgh with the, with the University of Pittsburgh with Coach Chris, Paul Chris, when he was there for two, and a half, two, three years, right? He called me and said, hey, I want you to come out here. This is funny, right? So today, Bobby Ingram just got announced as the offensive coordinator for Wisconsin Badgers, right? Today. okay. Bobby Ingram was his receiver coach at the University of Pitt. He called me and said, hey, I want you to come be the assistant strength coach for a one year, but you're going to learn under Bobby. And then when Bobby leaves, you're going to take the receiver coach position from him. Well, Two years later, he leaves, comes to Wisconsin. So I would have went to Wisconsin with him back at the crib, been the right receiver coach, right? But what happened was he called me. In order to be a coach at Pitt, you, you got to a have a degree. It. Oh. I was just going to say that. But as soon as he said that you got to be a coach, you had to have a degree. Gotta have, you had to have that degree.
1: So, now, how common is that in, in, in NCAA? Is that a pretty regular rule? Or is that pretty, kind of a institution? It's it's based it's institutionally based.
2: Um, okay. Some schools you have to have it, some schools you may not have to have it. But Pitt just happened to be one of those schools where you needed that degree. But if you become and a so, head
0: coach or assistant coach, wouldn't you have to have a degree then? Like it would have, wouldn't it kind of level you off from going like certain heights in general? Like,
2: well, yeah, I would I would have I would have went there, finished as a coach, but i have been coaching. Right? Okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have kept it that way. I would have had to eventually get that degree to continue to move up the ranks or whatever. But I didn't even get that start because I didn't have it. If I'd have had that, who they probably would be announcing me as the Office of Coordinator of Wisconsin right now. Or it, any other plethora yeah, of things. You I mean, could have moved all 20, around. That was 2013. We're talking almost 10 years ago. You know, with my network and relationships, I could be anywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. It, but... That's just an example of a moment that's a life-changing moment that, that didn't happen because I wasn't in a position to be able to capitalize off of it just because.
1: So we were talking, um, we were talking on the show last week. Well, no, actually, I did a, a spot on um on on the man listen show with a shout out to Marvin, our own boy out of KC. That's got a great show over there. We were just talking about how, you know, opportunity is a thing. And the guy I was talking about is a guy I'm sure you know, Brad Holmes, and who worked his way up. And it's not necessarily. I'm not going to say it's necessarily being in the right place at the right time, but it is a little bit of that, you know. And having that 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 work ethic to work up from being on the you know scouting side and having the next step and being there. And you got to know somebody as you go through and as you build those relationships. But now you know he's getting ready to go into the second year of being a GM. So I think that that is a great point about you know both a being in the right place, having those credentials that you, that you need, but then also having you know. The the, the the fortuity to be able to stick through and be in those situations is it, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a coin flip of a situation sometimes.
2: It really is, man, because Brad Holmes, he did it the, the tough way, man, going through the scouting department, which is a tra- – it is a traditional way, but he was in the scouting department for a long time, man, a long time. It was no – he didn't get no acceleration, period. Like, now everything's <laughs> – everybody's story is accelerated nowadays his story was not accelerated. He waited his time, put his work in and, you know, you see where he's at. But even with that, the power of the moment, right, is even years later, after I got my degree, I ended up getting my degree in 2016. But the time had passed. I was already, I was already in broadcasting for six years. Mm -hmm. And, And it was other opportunities, I was living in Wisconsin at the time. And so it was, I, I could have walked into Coach Alvey's office and be like, yo, I'm, I I want to coach next year. What's up? But the time had passed to where it was like, do I really want to get into coaching? Do I really want to do that? You know, and 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 just the opportunity didn't present itself the same way it presented itself back then. So it's just interesting to look at that in
1: retrospect. Looking at Looking at that and thinking about something like that, though, I think that some of that, it's hard when you look at your life and you look at the seasons of it though, right? Like something that you were all about at one particular time, but that season can turn and yeah, maybe you can do it, but you got to want to do it because that coaching, another thing, I mean, and we could talk about this as well, broadcasting is the same way. You got to want to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the type of thing where like a Microsoft or something like that, where you can just show up, kind of following your rhythm and do it. You yeah. got to show up and be that guy every day when you're in a role like coaching or even in a broadcasting situation.
2: Man, you know, and so, okay, uh, I did broadcasting for 10 years. I did the Rose Bowl twice. I've interviewed a plethora of NFL, college, um, high-level high people, um, done some spots on Big Ten Network, ESPN Radio, Fox 2. I've done a, I did a lot in broadcasting, but even in broadcasting, man, I hit a ceiling in broadcasting because, and I feel like I kind of, I had a podcast in 2015, Mm -hmm. like seven years ago. People was doing podcasts, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is right now, but I had that hunger and that desire. I was doing, I had, did a podcast. I had two podcasts. One was my own another one was for this network. And so I did that for like three years. I wrote that for three years on top of doing the the commentating. But to your point, I could have launched another podcast a couple years ago, or a year ago, because it's it's hot now, right? I just don't. I just really didn't have that fire to just want to continue to produce the content, interview, set it up. I could, but I just. Like, to your point, it's something that ain't clicked in me to where I just want to go hard on my own, right? Now, if somebody called me and was like, yo, we want you to come host a podcast, I would seriously think about it, right? But if I had to do it all on my own, (laughs) I'm good
1: it's, it's it, it, it takes a whole thing man i mean and you're looking at two two ridiculous ass dudes in, in, in me and did said oh we're in a pandemic let's expand let's do more <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and so. I had
2: started getting into kind i had started getting into this the um introspective interview content where I was sitting down two guys at a chair you know whoever us in the chair the cameras and stuff and that was really where I started to to get hit my stride and feel like, man, this is just the type of content that I really want to do. And that type of content takes money. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to invest in it, time. You got to have the right editing, the cameras, the people to shoot it. Like, it just takes money, right? And so I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, this ain't really what I'm trying to do right now. Let me so, go let me go get some bread. So
1: so, so a funny a, a funny thing about it is, is that you got two types of people in journalism, though, right? You got people that was just like, in college, Grinding down, going through J school, doing all that. But there's a lot of other people, too, that journalism can kind of just happen for you, too, in some ways or another. You know, um, mine started with a WordPress blog and went to radio and is here and has done all sorts of different things. So, like, how did the moment find you when you when when journalism ended up being the thing that you slid into?
2: So, yeah. So I was I was a broadcast major in Mm -hmm. college. Um, so I was always in front, of, I, you know, one, as a broadcast major, one of my classes, I had to produce radio shows. So I would learn how to produce a radio show, you know, was a writer, producer, director, and all of that stuff. So I had fun. I always loved doing that communication aspect. Um, then I took a few journalism classes, but communication was always my thing, right? And so what happened when I left the NFL I reached back out to my SID, Sports Information Director at Wisconsin, and said, this, the NFL Network had just launched in 2007. Launch, I mean, not NFL Network. Big Ten Network launched in 2007. I think it was the first year I left the NFL in 2010. So it was still fresh. It was still new. I called my SID, and he called Big Ten Network. And I was like, yo, it's only one other guy from Wisconsin on the Big Ten. We need another guy on there. I'm your guy. Let's get it. Uh I did the broadcast boot camp through the NFL. And so the first time I auditioned, so I, I, I the first time, so in order to get to the bra- NFL broadcast boot camp, you had to have a reel, a demo reel. Like I didn't have
0: no demo reel. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, you did like the episode of Martin where he went out there and he had like the <laughs> I see you. Hey. I had to make me a
2: demo reel, bro. So I went to Jamestown Mall. No, no. They had this. They had this, they had this studio in Jamestown Mall, y'all. I sleep on oh my guy. I can't remember his name, but it's a brother in there who owned a photography studio, and he had a video portion of it too. So I said, "Look, man, this is this what I'm gonna do, bro. Hey, I need you. I need your help, bro. I need you. I got a. I need. I got one week. I got to put this together." I did so. I went in there and I wrote up this whole uh, segment called B Wheel's Big Board, and it was the year that Des Bryant, uh, what was the cat from Notre Dame, the receiver uh, Chen? Oh man, um, he played. He I played saw that. I saw that. That was Dallas. Oh, what's my man name? Played for Notre Dame. He played for a while. He used to get into fights and stuff all the time. I can't remember his name. Oh, Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate. Yeah. So it was yeah. him. It was Dez Bryant and Golden Tate. These is my top two receivers on the b Will Big. <laughs> <laughs> this is trash, bro. It was terrible. I had a green screen behind me. My man was videotaping. We had the fake set. But I had to make this real in order to even get a shot. And, like, I, I, I had to do it. So I went up there, man, did it, sent it in. And they called me. And they was like, now you know. Now you know this real is not good. Right? Oh! Don't, don't it was like it, but these is my people this nfl people talking to me insiders who called me and was like preempting me like now b you know this is not really good right and i was like i, I don't know i guess but i give me a they was like but we're gonna give you the last slot to get on up in here and you know what all right so after that i get in but it's like four months before it starts so that's when I call Wisconsin. I get an interview or audition with Big Ten Network in like, let's say May. Uh, all right. I audition for them in May. The producer, coordinator producers, Quinn Carter. He say, you know, B, you just, you're not, you're good, but you're not quite there yet. So I can't really put you on the Big Ten yet. Cool. 30 days later is the broadcast boot camp. And he happens to be one of the mentors at Broadcast Bootcamp. Mm. come down there mm. i kill it the whole week so broadcast boot camp you do radio you do tv you do in studio you do on-site reporting you do all four variances of reporting right and an analyst and i killed it and that night one of the one of the days we are walking back to the hotel because this hotel room just happened to be next to mine and we just walking back he's like b you killed it today man i want you to do seven shows for me this fall and that's how I got on TV, man. I grinded my butt to get where I had to get. Nothing was given to me. I was denied the first time. Barely got in by the chinny-chin-chin chin to get in to get some more coaching. This is how I became really close with James Brown, Ryan Baldinger. I came close, became close with these guys. And in my class at the NFL broadcast boot camp was Heinz Ward, Orlando Pace, <laughs> David Deal, Jeff Saturday, uh, and, like, it was, like, four other cats who actually are on TV right now. Like, mm-hmm. all these guys is on TV except for O. Every other – because O just said, I don't want to do this crap. Man. Exactly. $90 million in the bank. I ain't doing this crap.
1: You know, I'm going to go buy a radio station, right? Um, o called O said – it's called FanDuel and said, let me know when you need me.
2: <laughs> right. Let me know when you need me.
1: Give me two lines and, so, and I'm straight.
2: So I had to grind even in that aspect, man, of getting, just getting into the broadcast world. And then once I got in, I kind of took off, my trajectory went up really fast, but then it kind of tapered off. So like the first three, four years, I was doing Rose Bowls. I was doing 15 to 20 shows a week on Big Ten Network. I, I was doing a lot, not polished at all. Still rocking the camera earrings on set. Like it was like, yo, you gonna you going wear them earrings? Okay, cool. All right. Sure. It's be, okay, cool. Better be damn good. So so you know, I was I wasn't as polished, wasn't there? But as I got to year seven, eight, I was really polished, but the moment was past. The opportunities weren't just there because that was the time, you know, 17, 18, like now being on TV and radio is so popular in the athlete community at that point where everybody trying to get into it. Mm. Everybody wanted to do it. And all and all these networks is just reaching for names, you know, and I, I didn't really have, I didn't really have a big name. So I was just a guy who was there being consistent, showing up. So after 2019, I was, at 2018, 19, I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm done with this crap. I'm done. I'm gonna hang it up, and I'm talking about I hung. I still had shows that I could be. I could have. I could have still been on TV, and mm-hmm. I called my my producer was like, you know what, I'm I'm out this year. I ain't gonna come back next year, man. I called the radio people. I was doing. I had my own ESPN radio show. Called them was like, ah, you know, I ain't gonna do no more radio, uh,
1: again, period. It's and so man, I, it's. I stopped. I think the thing that people kind of miss when you are doing radio when you're doing that, because I mean, my first radio slot was 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., which is a 3.30 morning every day because you got to get ready for that show. You got to know what's going on. But here's the catch-all. You got to be plugged in. You've got producers and things like that, but it will definitely show through if it's not your real insight on what's happening. If you're getting fed stuff and you're not doing the work on the back end, Man, it's hard. And when if you got to watch, shit, three hundred games a year to just be locked in on what it is that you're talking about, man, that's either got to get real lucrative or it's gonna get real <laughs> worrisome. Because gotta you get real lucrative, it. real fast.
2: And in, so, in network, in in local TV and local radio, it ain't no money.
1: It's yeah, money. no, no, you do. You're 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 definitely doing that for the love of the game. For the like, love. Like you gotta have the best advice I got in in radio he says like this is a fun part-time job make sure you're really good at something else too <laughs> and that's, exactly that's, exactly and, and that, that was great that was great first year advice because i was just like "Bet, let me just do like three more things i enjoy doing but if you enjoy everything you're doing it's great but if you don't eh. and then the worst thing about it that can happen is is that you know what I'm saying, to be in sports and to be, you know, I don't think that having to love watching sports is a prerequisite of being good at sports. As a of fact, I know that's not the case, but the thing about it is if you enjoy it and you enjoy the game, you like it, but then it becomes work. You also lose a piece of something that you really enjoyed in a genuine way too. Yeah. And then you got to go back through that process of finding it, try, recapture the love or just figure out what else is going to go into that. So it's a hard, it's a hard journey, man. I think that that's a really real outlook on what it is to really be in the game it and to is. really know the sacrifice to go with it.
2: No, it is because I'm in a place. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been in this place where, all right, Kobe Bryant passed away a year ago. That was the only like he was the only reason I watched the Lakers. I was a mm-hmm. huge Laker fan <laughs> because of Kobe Bryant. And so he passes well, he retired a couple years before that, right? And so I still was watching him. We get LeBron, you know, so I'm still like, all right, we still can kind of be relevant. But after that, it's like I don't really watch or follow NBA basketball like that. I start started to like Steph Curry and what they was doing with Golden State, because I just kind of like Steph Curry. But other than that, it's like I don't really I'm not a super fan like I was. Mm-hmm. NFL when the Rams when the Rams left St Louis it wasn't like i was this huge rams fan but that's the team i covered that's the team i played for and so i had an affinity for that team no matter what happened to them who was on the team i was watching i was reading but now that they're in la and I'm back home in St Louis who's my team i don't have a right. team anymore so the last few years has been really odd for me when it comes to professional sports uh, and just my fandom, right? So so like, what's winning, it, like, trying to get it, like, it back.
1: What's it like, you know, checking out the league? Like, do you watch it regularly? Like, do you, you know, pop in, watch it here and there? Like, what's it like to be in the league, have that time there, then be out of it and be like, how am I going to engage with this now at this point?
2: No, when you're when you first get out of it, you're watching it every day. You're watching it religiously. You own mm. it. You know, you, you own it, bro. Like it's it's a very s- small percentage of guys who just become turned off mm. because it's like your body is still wired to kick off lock, you know, pre-game, post game, locker room, this what they're doing. This your body just still wired in that manner, and you never kind of lose that until you really just, you know seven years out five seven years out you just kind of like yeah you know it's cool and then I had a brother my brother played in the NFL too so I was watching his games and watching for the love of him as well Mm -hmm. you know and so that was Mm -hmm. another thing I only had I had a team I had a team because of whatever team he played for that was my team right and so that's that's just kind of how that go but you never you never lose it man but I don't watch it as intently I what I do watch is highlights what I do go back and watch is a YouTube recap like a 15-minute YouTube recap of a game uh, I watch that religiously but I maybe get two one or two games a weekend um I still
0: watch a lot of college football though
1: okay let's see and that's that, that's an awesome that's an awesome segue well, that, too,
0: that, that was oh, you already know what I want to go into <laughs> go for it bro uh NIL man I'm trying to figure out how to sponsor like a division three like school with the uh for the SOLC network. Even I like, I mean, I don't care if it's Lamarne on whatever, we're trying to get on their jerseys. Um, what would this what would NIL have been for you and Kyle? Like, what would do you envision like what it would have been? Or are you is it so far away from you? You couldn't even envision how NIL would have been for you.
2: Man, NIL for a guy like me who Ended up freshman year being a freshman All-American. Broke the freshman record for most catches in a season. Broke the freshman record for kick return returning. I had broke all these records as a freshman. So sophomore year would have been bananas. You would have caked up. <laughs> I would have been caked up. And I wouldn't have had to leave the state of Wisconsin to get caked up. I would have been getting chunked off by people in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't I wouldn't need no national deal. I need a I give me a Wisconsin deal and be good. I need I need a car. we go gonna, we, we gonna get that. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need no an apartment. Check. Hey, nah, I don't need no apartment because the school paying for that. I need something else. I don't want to live. No, nah, I need a car.
1: I need a check. But <laughs> see, you make a good a point check. though, man. Like when I remember uh what was it? It had to be eight months ago. People was talking about Luther Burton decommitting you know, and, and being out there. And he's, he's number one wide receiver in the country, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's going to be a sweepstakes now with the way that goes. But when people is like, he's not going to go to Missouri, he's going to go to Georgia, go to this. I say that at-home money, at-home at money is going to come from all over the place. Like and, So like one thing I thought, and I'm curious, you know, what you say about Wisconsin, what that looks like, is how do you think that access to NIL money on that local level, on that regional level, could impact national recruitment?
2: It could impact it big time. I mean even, even from a you know HBCU standpoint as well, smaller school standpoint, because all every school has donors, mm-hmm. every school got big pocket alumni. And all you, if a school is smart, they'll they'll build out an NIL division. You only need you only need one person to run it, three or four people that's helping with social media, helping with vetting deals, helping with the compliance aspect of it and now we are going out reaching out to our alumni donor base and saying hey you got you got a podcast network you want to sponsor this 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 let's do it because it's definitely out there and it's definitely opportunities and now it actually people was like this is going to make the power 5 even more powerful i'm like not really don't have to yeah because i could be a smaller school if if i'm a school like lindenwood you know lindenwood let's use lindenwood for example they're right in the middle, they're a powerhouse in their division. Mm-hmm, they're pretty mm-hmm. successful in their division. If it's a kid that's local here to the St. Louis area and he's he's not going, you know, he ain't going to Georgia, but you competing against Northern Iowa, a Mac school, or something like that. Oh bro, we can chunk you off at of 25k a year. You might as well come here. We're gonna get two or three deals for you. We're gonna chunk you off this amount of dollars a year. And it's all above board and legal. We're gonna put you in gear. We're gonna get you a whip. Like, let's go. What are you? What's up? Or you can go over there, and you're not gonna get none of these deals because you're just a big small pit, small fish in a big pond. Mm-hmm. And it's just how it is. You can use it as a recruiting tool, if, but most institutions don't speed get caught up to the game fast enough. The thing is. The only advantage of the power five is they can get, they going to acclimate to the game faster because mm-hmm. they was already.
1: <laughs>
2: right.
1: It's you just Thank
0: you.
1: <laughs> so, so <laughs> what, like with the, with the NIL money coming into play, that's one thing, but then with the NCAA changing over the, the rules as far as the transfer portal and how quickly that blew up at the same time, it feels a little bit like we got a free fall, like a, a Royal Rumble in, in college football right now where, you know, Daryl, you joke about it. You know, you say that somebody could play at a different school every year. Have a no, different that's a real thing. Going on. But in like, in reality. You can't play for three schools in that. five years. So like the question I you know, ask you about that is though, is like, how do you think these two things happening at once? Like, are we seeing like a very raw version of it right now? That's going to get refined or is it going to kind of stay like this?
2: It's most certainly going to get refined because a lot of these transfers at this point are driven by it's a new opportunity. I can re, you know, I can recapture a market on my nil, or I could go here. And I think the NCAA, once again, they're screwing us because they they had they did this on purpose, man oh, y'all want, y'all want it to be a free fall? Well, we're going to make everything a free fall. Now now y'all looking crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And they just have no culpability for anything. They just don't take ownership of anything now. And it's like, come on, man. Like, be the structure that you're supposed to be and put some structure around this transfer stuff because it doesn't really make sense a lot of these guys doing this stuff. I mean, you see the kid, and, and I hope he go to Wisconsin, but the kid, Caleb Williams. Why are you leaving Oklahoma? You beat out the starter. <laughs> you took his job, and now you're going to leave the school where you just took the job because the coach go to USC or it's some
1: other opportunity. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, come and, and, on. And, and the crazy and I don't thing about that, Caleb, when you talk about Caleb, the thing about it is it's nuts, too, is that Spencer Rattler leaves. So now Oklahoma is just sitting there with absolutely nothing. And like now Oklahoma is screwed. Yeah, like, like they got to rebuild. I just saw on the bottom line here, I got ESPN on in front of me that they top uh wide receiver recruit just decommitted too. Like it's it's Oklahoma's in trouble What's going <laughs> on? Football, one of the strong things football's got is, is that it's got continuity, though. Is is that because of the fact it's gonna take three years away from high school to get to the league, no matter what, you got some sense of continuity yep. there. But what really hurt college basketball was that loss of continuity because guys are coming in, they're leaving, they're going to the league real quick. Guys weren't even messing with college for a little while there. It's going to get really, really hard to understand the situation, the place that college football is in with all of this movement. And I'm not here to say that it's right or it's wrong or anything. I think opportunity, we're in a free market, you know, world here. You know, you should have the access to opportunity. But to your point, though, I absolutely think that you got to have some parameters for that free movement. Otherwise, it's going to get completely out of control. And also, if you think about it, though, too, like statistically, I was looking at a thing that said half the people that transfer from
0: visual schools end up, they didn't get as many looks as they thought they were. They had to go down to FCS because mm-hmm. they, they thought they was going, everybody, it was a thousand people in the portal. Everybody ain't getting picked up for another school. And some of them had to go down to FCS. Because
2: you got to. Because you got to understand, even just because you're transferring, don't mean I got an extra scholarship. <laughs> I, we still only get a certain amount of scholarships every year. We still only get a certain amount of scholarship players on a roster. So in in, in NCAA in college football, I think it's are like seventy five or eighty. Yeah. And if we don't, if we if we don't have no more scholarships to give out, what you, what you gonna do? Is that do where no the NIL you. scholarships kick in at? <laughs> <the> nil scholarship <laughs> well i you would assume yes that would that would be all right you can still come here and not be on scholarship uh and, and we're gonna have somebody pay for your joint but at this it's like i think the ncaa still needs to put some structure around it where it's like you can only transfer once every you know his Yo, cast like, is in transfer five times
0: year. brandon and they're, like, 35 years old out there still playing. Like, for real. Like, it's cast it's <laughs> is, like, 20. No, for real. It's a cat that's 28 at Air Force right now. He's been to six schools.
1: That's crazy. Uh, well, I think that I do. Yes. I think that, like, if I had a prediction, that's what I think. I think there is going to be some regulation on the transfer portal and all of that stuff because it's just all over the place. And, again, man, a free market is great, man. But what could really end up happening is, is that it just gets too slanted. I mean, you just got – Imagine if, for example, if um, T. Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State just decided to say, you know what, man? We running, we running out 100K fair play on the roster. I can afford that easy going away. That's what uh, BYU's doing. Yeah, okay. look, BYU's doing. Correctly, do look it, it. So, it, That's fast. Look
2: at Phil Knight. Look right. at Phil Knight. He ain't slick. He owns a company that is a neo-marketing agency that has partnered with the University of Oregon. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. They already was getting all, the, all these players because of Nike anyway. Right. All the apparel. Now it's just like, it's, it's going to get ridiculous. So they
1: still- so you're looking at the college game and looking at where that's at, obviously, you know, hold on. I need to go back to Kayla Williams real quick too because it's another crazy thing about it is, is that, yeah, Lincoln Riley heads out west, which was, <laughs> which was something. Him and the Brian Kelly moves was something when you saw how that went down and how quickly – that well, let's
0: talk about that nil. Well, <laughs>
1: no, yeah. So like, that's the thing. I <laughs> well, they all that's had the, the same. They had the same agent. So right. Lincoln,
2: the agent was like, Lincoln, uh, Brian's gonna take LSU. Do you still you want a USC? All right. So they both it. had the
0: same agent for real.
2: They have the they have the same agent.
0: Bro. Wow.
2: Same so agent. So that, that agent, agent got caged up
0: because he yeah. got the fee for the contract signed on two people. Oh. oh.
1: Only captain made out better than him was them lawyers that settled that Kroenke uh lawsuit. Oh, we got my that God. 236. But um,
0: hey, uh, there's one more player that's gonna get uh, he's gonna get caked up. Uh, shout out to Mbappe's uh, uh uh, 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 uh and he's Holland's uh, agent too in soccer.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, get 800k oh, and for both of them. Boy, that's That's nuts. <laughs> But the, the, what was the thing I was got to say? Yeah, but I mean, you know, the thing I think about it is, is that I, I ask you this what's a better job right now? College coach or NFL coach? Ooh, good question. All the buzz is around NFL, but all the money looked like it's in college. <laughs> um,
0: if you if you had like the fantasy like thing, like you know, NCAA football, and you literally can jump into the game and become that coach and run an NCAA football program or go into the Madden and become a Madden coach, which one you pick? I'm probably going. You get to run your program, B. It's it's just like the game. You get, you literally just get to jump into the game and run your own program. Do I get full autonomy in the? I mean, it's just like the game. You get, you get to do whatever you want. You get your recruit. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's a good question though, because the game is advanced (laughs) now. There's a GM and there's a coach mode in the game now. Um, Like, so you want the GM seat and the coach seat in the NFL? No, you got to be. You're calling the shots. You're calling the shots on field. You, 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 got you got a less need. You got less lead. I would go to co- I would go to
2: college. I would go to college. All right. Because you can build a bigger rapport and get more leeway. That's the only reason. That's the only I mean the money is gonna be the money is gonna be better. And I can in college, I can hire my own staff. In the NFL, it's a little bit more politics with who you can hire, who you want to bring on on the staff, right? But in the, in the I mean in the college game, I I could have both of y'all come on the stand and we win it, whatever yeah. we want to do. And, and, you know and, I mean? and your
0: in your your level of uh winnability, like if you at a certain school and you can go nine and four every year, you keep your job for 20 years if you want to.
2: That's Shout what out I'm to saying. Kirk Ferris. More, more <laughs> opportunity for longevity, man. Hey, the kick of longevity, get Kirk Ferris, boy. Oh, he ain't he ain't going nowhere till he quit. And his son
1: taking a job after quit. him. If he wanted, yeah, <laughs> he on that. Uh, he's on that. Uh, that that Tom Osborne, Bill Snyder, uh, Barry oh Alvarez playing all of that, man. All uh, that. So while we talk about coaches, man, I, I I wanted to get your thoughts on that too, man. We got eight jobs opening in the NFL right now. You know what I'm saying? And there's been a lot of things being said about access for African American coaches and whatnot. What that looks like, you know, also for the GM seats, whatnot. Um. I think you just made a really good point about saying, like, kind of how some of the politics happen around those coaching seats and things like that. What are your thoughts on what that access piece is looking like right now, though, like, in the direction the league is going in? You know, especially after having a, I think, an underwhelming, would be to put it mildly, showing last year as far as getting more African-Americans on the sidelines. How do you see that going through the league right now? Um
2: it's, I, I don't see any change, like <laughs> any real change, right? It's it's a lot of things that are being done for show. It's still a relationship business at the end of the day. So you can't orchestrate um, undoing mindsets. It's no way to structurally undo someone's mindset and how they really think and who they associate with. And so the, that's the hard thing about saying, all right, we need to get more black coaches in the NFL. We need to get more black GMs in the NFL. The only way that happens is if we have more black owners of teams. That's that's the only way that happens. About the Robert Smith. and
0: um, get the Broncos.
2: And, and and look, when I first seen that, I thought that nah, that's a headline. They're not selling that team to this brother. It ain't <laughs> happening. That's a headline. That's, that's a good headline for him and for them. It's really oh, good. So it, for it, him.
0: It, it does double duty.
2: It does double duty. That's a great headline for the Broncos. Hey, we're entertaining. Yeah, okay. But for him as a businessman, <laughs> he has another hey, I'm a billionaire. I want to buy this team, put it out in the press. We don't know if he's had real conversations about this. <laughs> like, come on now. And, you know, hes I think he's from there. He's, he's from, from there Denver. Denver. He's from Denver. Hey, let's, let's build up some PR. And now I'm the next black guy who they don't let get an NFL team. But here's this other deal that I scooped up, right? Here's this other team, this uh, soccer team or this expansion team that I was able to get a minority stake in. I, I didn't get full ownership, but now I hopped in and got some minority stake because they, they threw me some stuff, right? I, I I thought that that was a really a PR grab. Because if if Peyton Manning, and whatever group he put together, don't buy that team, or I don't see that. I don't see that brother getting that team.
1: Peyton lives know. out there now too, I believe, as well. Like yeah. amongst the places and, that he number of places he got. And, look. and
2: mm-hmm. who's the other owner of the other sports franchise teams in Denver? The Cronkies. <laughs> you think they
1: yeah i rest my case yeah that's that <laughs> it's 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 i'm happy to see some of the opportunities i think that the, the thing you make about ownership is everything man you're calling shots you can make them man you load the gun if you're calling shots you know but if you um you know until then you know yeah it's gonna be all it's gonna be all of these inches that feel like miles you know what i mean and you know i start to see more brothers land in the gmc That's comf- that, that's 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 moving forward. That's good. But you also got the other thing that's happening at the same time. And I think it's been slower to take in the NFL. But you also got a lot of other people. You got women who are saying, hey, I want my turn at the table as well. You get the pressure that happens with that. All of these different things that happen all at once. And then, you know, that progress that you're looking for in some areas is going to get buried. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Eric Bieniemy. I'm tired of it kind of just being about Eric Bieniemy because there's a lot of other people that are a lot of other black guys that are coaching, things like that. But I asked a question on our Facebook page, on the SOLC Sports and Culture page. I said, over under 1.5 brothers getting jobs as head coaches this offseason. <laughs> this is when it was like seven jobs open. Cavs like, oh, yeah, they're going to get past that. They're going to get past that. It's four open now. We're doing this. On, this is gonna drop on February first. There's four jobs right now, one and a half. What's the four jobs? It's uh right now it is Miami, Jacksonville, New Orleans, and oh, what's the last one? Um, Houston. And no it jobs were there. New Orleans may be the only place
0: because of the culture of the city,
2: because of the culture, because of that ownership, that family that owns it. They're really all about winning. They've been open to doing many things before. They own that basketball team that has had multiple African-American coaches of, yep. of the Pelicans. Pelicans. So if if any one of them that I see, it would probably be New Orleans. I and,
0: think,
2: uh, well, Jacksonville, because Brian Leftwich, that's the only reason.
1: Yeah. That, yeah that, that Jacksonville would have the bad. upper hand because of yeah. Brian that, that Byron Lefkowitz thing is getting hairy, too. I don't know how close you kept up to that over the last week. They announced he had the job and that Adrian Wilson was going to be coming. And now he's like, hold on, we need to talk to the guy that ended up being the Broncos coach about five hours later. I'm like, what's happening with this, man? Like, you can't be pump faking with hey, that. Hey, but that's still, that still don't get us at over one and a half, though. No. It
2: <laughs> it's, <laughs> only, it's only one of those spots are going to have a brother. Is Eric
0: me turning into Norm? this generation's norm child, though? Wow, I don't know. I don't know what was up with Norm Chow, Um, but like, remember he was like the offensive crew with everybody. He should have had a head coaching job. It was like, where is it's not about when, it's if, and then it was gone. Like, like literally. I don't. I don't. This is what
2: I don't think anybody is saying for Eric Bieniemy. It's about when. I I don't think anybody's saying. I think it's still. It's still a huge if. 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 For Eric Enemy. I don't think it's an oh, it's a inevitable whenever it's going. No, 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 no. That's only in our circles where we talk about he should be getting an opportunity, and it's just yeah. a matter of time. But it, in the real NFL circles, it's like it's too he ain't get no job. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't you got, I mean so, so
1: can't, well, No matter what, at this point, you got three three brothers that are out there. That I think people is riding heavy for Brian Flores, Eric Bienemy, and Byron Leftwich. Well, ain't, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what it is. It ain't about to be three brothers to fill up them last four jobs. So you call it what you will at this point. No, sir. We and you, and to you still have problem. Leslie, still have Leslie Frazier,
2: you still have Jim Caldwell. Those two names are still out there, and those are guys who were former NFL head coaches mm-hmm. and viable guys mm-hmm. who can build up a program uh, and who have had well, and who have had success as coordinators, obviously as well too. Um, I thought Jim Caldwell should have got the Chicago Bears job. Would have made a lot of sense. It would made
1: a whole but lot. But you of see sense how there.
2: they look. You see how they do. You see how they do, a brother, when he get the gym's position, though. Oh yeah, they making they making a call. We somewhere. give you the position. Yeah, you, we give we give you the position, but we already had interviewed like seven folks. We <laughs> narrowed it down to these three. We got we got and it actually, narrowed down for you. <laughs> and actually, it's narrowed to three, but you can only pick between these two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's but that's your hire that's your and it's, hire. and
2: it's your hire. like come on man like like let's stop then the brother up in minnesota he trying to get he trying to interview jim uh harbaugh
1: come on yeah, man. yeah. what are we doing here, harbaugh it, it's been there done that we see the time that is already hey no oh, he successful though don't get me wrong he's been successful but that's still a reach like,
0: yeah. Why are we reaching to get him? <clears throat> no, Harbaugh not taking a job. He using this to get some more jack up out of Michigan. Like, oh, uh, you know what I time mean, it is? How much more
2: money does this man need? <laughs> oh my gosh! But think about if he wanted to if he if he wanted to use a job, it would be the Miami job because Stephen Ross, they named the I mean, he's a Michigan his Business school is named after Stephen Ross.
1: Yeah. So yeah. if
2: anybody has ties to Harbaugh. It's gonna be it's gonna be Stephen Ross.
1: Well, I can tell you who ain't hiring a brother is Stephen Ross. <laughs> <laughs> they done that. I got a crazy number for that man. Before we turn the corner on this, get to our last thing I want to touch on with you, man, is that I had to do the math on it when I started seeing what was happening, man. I saw, you know, a lot of people will bring up Mike Tomlin, people will bring up Marvin Lewis. You take them out of the equation, that every black coach has been hired since 2017, their average time in role has been 2.5 years before they gone. Now. You know what it's like on the inside of that building. You get in one year, and then you your over-under is one and a half years, whether you're going to make it even past that point. It's impossible. Like, Brian Flores got three years, had an eight-game winning streak, lost his job, and he was in three years. He beat the norm with that. It's – you can't tell me when you put this much evidence and this many chalk outlines on the ground that they ain't shooting, even after you got the opportunity. Like, I just – nobody can tell me that, man, so – it, it, it's a tough yeah, ride at least man. it's very short I man. well man hey before we get out of here man I want to I want to break out the crystal ball man so you know we had have had quite quite a NFL playoffs here man And now we got the Bengals <laughs> the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl and like I, I said it earlier man I said I feel like this is just when you simulate the whole season on Madden and You just get some random combination of teams in the Super Bowl, you couldn't have guessed. <laughs> uh, how you see this playing out, man? Like, what, what it's
2: interesting. This is the first, this is the first, uh, or the second time that the hosting team has made it to the
1: Super Bowl. What was the yeah, we have what 52 in, in a row? We had 52 in a yeah. row where it was on the road, now we got two in a row at the crib.
2: Yeah, no, that's pretty interesting to me, but um. I am going to send up some prayers for Joe Burrow. Oh wow, because Aaron McDonald with them. <laughs> they are going to be relentless. Mm-hmm. And it's no knock on Joe Burrow, but his offensive line it's is horrible. It's bottom tier at best. <laughs> and I feel I feel sorry for this, brother, because. I really f- I feel sorry for the O-line, too, because they're going to take it just as much licking as he is because they're they going to have to try to block these brothers every single play. And at least Joe Burrows can see it coming, and he can fall and get out of the way. They just got to hit every single play, and they're going to get whipped. They're going to get royally whipped. And so it's not going gonna, gonna to be one of those games where it's just going to be a dud. Because- and, you, and
0: people just hanging out, drinking, talking. Like Damn, into the halftime show,
2: <laughs> and and only reason and only reason it's gonna be even be kind of close is because Cincinnati's opportunity to, opportunistic defense, the Rams. But Sean McVay, man, it's he's something. It's something about Sean McVay and his schemes of play calling and his series of play calling that he he gets in a rhythm and gets rolling. Now I don't know if Matthew Stafford is gonna be nervous or, or anything, but I'm taking the Rams. Let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. I'm taking the Rams, and I'm just gonna send up some prayers for the, for Joe Burrow.
1: It's a uh, it's it's hard to argue that that Jamar Chase pick. I mean he he's lit the league on fire when he's been out there, man. But you got all those weapons, man. They in the Super Bowl, man. You better spend some money on that Burrow or, or else that receiver ain't gonna get the ball because Joe not gonna be in the game. He already got knocked out of one season in his career. You got to protect that young bull when you get that number one guy. We've seen too many number one pick quarterbacks that don't become who they're supposed to be because you don't put the investment in front of them. And now you got Von Miller and Aaron Donald coming <laughs> this way. You got uh, Leonard Floyd. You got all these guys. Hell, they might even get excited and start sending Eric Weddle at the line. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. They, he a mercenary. Dude, him it back is is gonna be. They throwing the kitchen sink at that boy. It's, it's and
2: gonna, it's going to, I mean, look, it's going to be a, he going to be a, a target, man. Just like, I feel, I feel <laughs> You added, act like he's a dude,
0: you act like he's a dude walking into jail, just like he's a target. <laughs> hey,
2: he, he is, man. Like, he is really walking into a prison. Like, the last game, the Rams, look, the Rams, when they played against the 49 that's the division rival. They know, the Rams, and they know each other so well. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan knows the right blocking schemes in the right place to hit them with. Plus, the 49ers or a bigger, more, a better offensive line. So they know what they're going to come with. So they were able to subdue a lot of the pressure. The Bengals ain't subduing nothing. <laughs> this is going to be some smoke in this city, baby.
1: How many? How many the- give, me, give me a ballpark. What you think? Over, oh.
2: under nine. Yeah. Oof. They gave up nine in the in the in the wild card round <laughs> yeah. to the Titans. So you tell you think the Titans' defensive line ain't as good as the
1: as oh, the Rams'
2: defensive line? They
1: they they, <laughs> they they tugged on Superman cape on the broadcast yesterday too. But they said I think it was uh what game was that was on that was the Fox game. Um, I think Aikman said you know we haven't heard very much from Aaron Donahue. I'm like he we word gonna get back to him. He waiting a week. You waiting a week, hey, cool. he's waiting, He waiting two weeks,
2: and it's about to be
0: on because Joe the- Burrow happens to do the unthinkable and win this. Is he the new modern Joe name no. no, like
1: the, Joe Namath, that's a that's a like, is- phrase. Joe Namath is a guy.
0: I'm just saying, he's trying to do that swagger with all you gotta do is wear a mink coat, and he will be <laughs> Joe Namath. <laughs> no,
1: nah, if- man, he, he still got a little ways to go. He's I, he, he's good. I, I tell you what, to take a team that was four and one last year at number one pick the year before that at number four pick. Now you're in the bowl. That says something about that team. And and even with the point, you did all that with that line. You know what I mean? And with some of that, that defense wasn't burning the world down all year either. But they went and they went and drafted a good kicker. They got a guy in there that can fill in for when they don't get all the way through. You got Burrow, you got a real nice receiving course, but they just lost their tight end. That's gonna be a hurdle for them too, especially when you got them blocking the signs. Yeah, you know, what I mean it's that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. It, 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 it's tough. Looking at that AFC game yesterday, I don't know if I've seen a top-notch guy like like Mahomes and things like that. It's just like it was just like they just stopped working, you know. But the credit gotta go to the Bengals for making some of that happen too, though. So
2: well, what happened at the end of the half when they didn't get any points? That, that really took a lot of wind out of their sail.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in mm-hmm. the second half, the Bengals made adjustments. Mm-hmm. So you United, mm-hmm. let's think about it. It was it was uh, 21 to 10. You kick a field goal, it's 24 to 10. Let's say you come out at the half and you kick another field goal. It's 27 to 10. There's no way you're losing that game. Mm-hmm. But now you come out and you Jack up the field goal at the end of the half. You go into half with without momentum. You come out in the, in the half. The Bengals have made adjustments. So they play in the game, too. And they start stopping you. And Pat Mahomes is making some crazy plays that he don't normally make. So mm-hmm. now they're stopping you. And their offense is getting a roll. And remember, they just did this to you two weeks ago. They right. just did the same exact thing. Right. They were down and it came back. So they have the confidence. they like, look. We was in the same – we just stopped them. They didn't get the field goal at half. We could come back. It's the same scenario. We only down 11. Let's put one stop in front of the other and get this. this. And that's what they did. You gave them the confidence. If you kick the field goal, you, you gut punch the Bengals going into half like, oh, my God, man. They just scored four straight possessions on us. Right. We can't stop them one right. time. No, you can't. And guess what? They get the ball back. They get the ball back at, after half, and they're gonna do it again. But you, you, uh, you, you got to win the game upstairs. And too, Reeves, they bro.
1: lost it there. They lost.
2: They lost that game. It's Andy
1: Reid.
2: Oh, Andy said he let he let Patrick Mahomes go out and do what he wanted to do on that last play instead of just kicking the field goal with four seconds. Like, what? Do, what do y'all think? Y'all like y'all got the God's gift with the thirteen seconds. Just kick the field goal, bro. <laughs> Stop they, taking um, more
1: like I've noticed more coaches this year that have been doing that. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, uh John Harbaugh, I'm sorry. He 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 did he got the Ravens out the playoffs doing that. Going for all them two-pointers and listening to y'all want to go for it and doing all that. You want to go for it with your backup quarterback. Like, I, I think that coaches got to step up and be coaches as well. And I think that. You got no doubt who's calling the, the show in either one of the guys that's on the sidelines in two weeks, and and that tells you that's what's happening. Zach Taylor is calling his game. Joe Burrow is not calling his game. Sean McVay is definitely calling his game. Absolutely. So I just said something about it. So coaching does matter. A lot of people say if you got the talent, you can do whatever. Coaching does matter. We got the Super Bowl prediction. I don't know if I'm there yet. I want to see. I want. I want. I want. I want to see. I've lost so much. Man, money. what? Hold up, man. You have on bifocals. Do we need to upgrade your prescription? What hey,
0: else do you need you guys to had see?
1: You to give me the gritty joints too. I don't know. Do they? Uh, I'm I'm trying to think about it from the standpoint of I don't care who wins. I just want to make some money back. So I need to see what this line is talking about and what that's going to be. It would be it would be magical to see happen. But there's one thing about the Rams that I'm going to say that I have noticed is is that they played two playoff games this year against divisional foes, right? Which is a, which is a, which is a real nice situation to be in. The one time they played a team they wasn't familiar with, the bag almost got fumbled. So I don't think that these Bengals are in worse shape than those than those Buccaneers were at that point. So I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be interesting, or it's gonna be a landslide. I don't think there's no middle ground.
2: What happened the last time the Bengals <laughs> played in the Super Bowl?
1: Well, hey man, listen, 1988. Listen, it got it got up five
2: to ten. <laughs>
1: do you what What is your belief
2: in team of destiny? <laughs> I don't believe in destiny in football. I believe the best teams don't come out there on that day and win the football game.
1: Well, and it, unless well, unless
2: it's something that I'm missing, the Rams are a better team because it's it's all about matchups, right? It's all about matchups. How do you match up? Okay, Kansas City versus the Bengals. That's actually a pretty decent matchup. For the Bengals, number one, because we already beat them.
1: Mm. Number
2: two, Mm. they don't have a dominating defensive line who can just tear me up. The Titans versus the Bengals was a bad matchup for the Bengals. The Titans just gave the game up. The Rams versus the Bengals is a bad matchup for the Bengals. The line on the Rams is dominant. They're Jalen Ramsey can go, like, let him go shadow Jamar Chase. Don't go crazy and just say he's going to cover zero. But you let him get in Jamar Chase's head and fight with him all game. That's, hey, okay, he gets six catches for 86 yards and one touchdown. That's not beating the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Offensively, the Rams are a very solid, very good football team. They're playing at a high level right now. And McVay is the wild card. He can call a great, wonderful game. I just don't see... It's just like last year when Tampa Bay completely dominated Kansas City Ooh, on defense. Cool. And it was one on defense. It was not one on offense. They just completely dominated them. Kansas City had no answer. Fortunately, Joe, I think Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense is in a little better position because they haven't lost any of their guys. Their guys mm-hmm. just suck. So... <laughs> So, you know, you can patchwork some stuff together to where it ain't going to be just this onslaught of scoring. But the game should be in hand by halftime. I'm going to just be real.
1: I think that the, uh, the the big X factor I look at, too, is, is that when I look at the Bengals' secondary, a guy like a Swiss Army knife like Cooper Cup is going to give them hell on earth. There's nobody in that secondary that makes me say... Eli Apple. They put him anywhere close to him. <laughs> somebody that... I want... If they put Eli Apple anywhere close to the Cup, I want to see everybody's bank records on the bench. <laughs> somebody's on the tape. Okay, I need oh a I, I need a January sixth committee to research what happened if that's the game plan. They come. All out right. With that. So now we get OBJ versus Eli Apple. It's ugly. you know, yeah, you you know they did.
2: that you know they did. They didn't practice a few times with the Giants.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm betting the over. All right, there it is. <laughs> Hey my brother hey man, I appreciate you taking the time with us man i I hope we get a chance to do this very frequently, man, more often, man, get a chance to chop it up, talk about the game, man, talk about the realities of it, everything that go into it, man um, what you got going on, man, we always gonna let people you know what I'm saying, know where they can connect with folks to see what they got going on as well
2: yeah, i mean you can people can follow me on instagram uh and twitter at I A M brandon m w uh, on both spots. Also, I'm about to launch this watch brand, man. Bravado, brvdbrands.com, brvdbrands with a s.com. Go get on that email list. um, Reserve reserve your watch. Hop on the email list. You get $400 off uh, once we actually go and launch sometime this year. Uh, been working on this for about a year and some change, man. So it should be really good. Been getting really good feedback on my designs and everything like that. So, uh, you ever design a watch,
0: man? I didn't know that's me.
2: Auto brands, man. Your life, your legacy. It's a full men's lifestyle brand. The watch is the first piece coming out. We're going to hit you with a fragrance. We're going to hit you with some shades. We're going to hit you with some some leather accessories, you know, a
0: wallet, a that belt, is. all, all like the Eddie Murphy leather? Eddie Murphy leather?
2: A that's, real that's, real deal leather, that's want the full man. leather suit looking like i'm not like the like full leather the suit shop. no 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 if you if you want to get the full leather suit that looks good on you. <laughs> i will not be rocking the full leather suit i'm rocking accessories that's about it but brvdbrands.com man go check it out and also on on uh, Instagram, it's BRVD Brands on Instagram as well, man. Go check out what we got going on. It's, first, it's the first black-owned luxury watch brand out of St. Louis, man. So we're going to have some fun with
1: it. That's what's up, man. We're going to get those links up for everybody over on the social Yeah, social Yeah, yeah, we'll it, man, have it up on the, uh, meeting no, uh, the, uh, the show notes as well. So absolutely. Well, man, we're going to let this game get in the books. I feel like we got to circle back around. I feel like you' are gonna be at that point and be like, "What did I tell you is gonna happen? What did I tell you is gonna happen? What did I tell you is gonna happen? I'm gonna tell you. I thought, but they still I ain't showed do up. That to you. They showed up one point light on me, so I still didn't make no cash. But it's all good. It's all good. I'll be alright. If all right, Joe baby. Burrow happens to get this done,
0: what? How? Uh, as we leave out, what would everybody say about this? Is <laughs> the fix in? <laughs> If he,
2: if Joe Burrow they was, com- the Super bowl. they would say that they would say the Rams completely de- dropped the bag, a uh, massive debacle. Aaron Donald would lose his mind
1: if this happens. It would be, it would be a, after the last showing that they had there um, in the bowl. McVeigh would be the one that would be on the line if they took another L like that because he went out and got his guy. He traded out what was his issue behind center, and when it got the guy he wanted to. You're going to have to be on Jared Goff's suicide alert, though, when they when they get this thing off. And basically, the only thing they changed was bringing him in, and then they went and got Vaughn. And then they got Odell for their new quarterback. they treating the stepkid a lot better than the firstborn. So prayers up for Jared Goff as well, man, because it's going to be a tough, tough summer if, if that's how it goes down. He
0: won't be but in the league they, in two years.
1: But, 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 B man, much love, brother. We're gonna get together again here soon, man. And for everybody that's tuning in, whether you're watching it on YouTube, whether you're listening to it on the podcast, man, much love to y'all as well. You can always follow us, um, SOLC Network, man. we everywhere on, on Instagram. You got the Daryl hit them with the emails again. I'm yeah, SOLC
0: in. Network at gmail.com, SOLC Network on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. We everywhere, SOLC. S-O-L-C Sports and culture page as well, a Facebook page, where we talk sports Absolutely. and culture stuff in there. Uh, it's been pretty tame in there. So a nice amount of people in there. Ain't nobody got the wild on yet, which is good.
1: It's, it's, it's tough, man. It's a very, it's a tough time <laughs> for the state of Missouri th- today. You got the Rams. you <laughs> was in there ball, tripping. Blue. You got the Chiefs. The Chiefs bent the knee. It, it's tough. People hey, behind your man. moderators
0: in there uh, starting shit. How's <laughs> the person starting the page moderating? Hey, shit. man,
1: we were
2: this close to having a truly uh, all-Missouri Super Bowl. We would have claimed, we'd have claimed the
1: Rams back real quick. That would have been that would have been one of the most special events in the history of this city. The way that people would have been feeling about that, I'd love to see that. <laughs> see where it's at. But hey, y'all, we appreciate y'all, man. Stay locked with us, man. Hit that subscribe if you haven't yet, man. Show love all the time, man. SLC Sports and Culture, man, on Facebook. SLC uh, Sports Scenario, right here, man. Peace. We'll be back shortly.